definitely think I bring uh, personality to the team first and more foremost. Um, you know, I love working on teams and developing culture within groups. Um, so I think you're going to get a guy there. I think you're going to get a guy who cares more about his team uh, first. You're going to get a team first kind of guy. Um, but then, you know, obviously I can swim a 200 pretty well. Uh, and I think, um, you know, my 150 have a lot of work to be done. But at the same time, I, I feel like I'm just growing into my body. Welcome back to the Social Kick Podcast. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a full crew this evening. Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and straight off of the Cal Texas dual meet in Greensboro, North Carolina, Reese Whitley. What's up, Reese? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Well, uh, let's let's start with uh, reactions to the meet. Yeah. Oh, just in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in general. Um, we're we're <laughs> fine. This is uh, it was crazy. Um, I definitely forgot um, how stressful uh, NCAAs can be. Um, you know, I've always kind of thought that I got a little spoiled my freshman year just because we walked in um, with such a squad uh, that I didn't really need to do much uh, in order for us to win. Um, you know, I just kind of didn't need to DQ the relays. I, we knew Sally was going to take care of the 200, um, and I just needed to kind of be there in the 100. Um, and we obviously won by like 85 points. Um, so the stress levels were pretty low throughout that meet. Um, you know, I was just kind of losing sleep from excitement for the next day. Um, whereas in this year, you know, it was like, oh my goodness, like this is really close. <laughs> um, and you're kind of thinking about, you know, all the different scenarios that could happen um on any different night um but obviously disappointed with the outcome i mean when you come to cal you don't compete to get second um you compete to win uh whether that's in individual races or as a team um but you know you can't win them all um and this one definitely stings and it's okay to let it sting you kind of have to lean into that um and our boys are definitely motivated um after putting up you know, more points than we ever have and still getting second, you know, uh, definitely hurts, but we're going to, we're going to keep it going uh, for this summer uh, and for next season. That was ridiculous. The concentration of points between two teams. I don't think that's ever been seen before. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was looking, I was looking at the past like results um, over the years and I don't think any team has kind of done that at least since the early like two thousands, maybe I think there was once, but. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty Cal Texas dominant. <laughs> you think that's good for the sport? Um, that's a tough question. I've actually never been asked that. Um, I think it's good for storylines. Um, maybe you know when the meet airs in two weeks. I know that's going to be kind of the hot topic. Is uh, you know these teams have been battling. Um, for, you know, upwards of a decade now. Uh, but, you know, I would like to see um, maybe stuff spread out a little bit. I, you know, be careful what you wish for. We don't want somebody, you know, popping up on us next year. Um, but I think lower, I guess, ranked, I think the whole ranking system is stupid, but 
Um, the whole ranking concept, uh, lower teams like Florida, NC State, what have you, that maybe not, you know, aren't winning a national title, um, are really moving up. I mean, Florida had an incredible meet, and all those boys should be proud. Um, just talking to Kieran Smith, uh, who's been a friend of mine for a while now, um, and like kids like Dylan Hillis, who I've known since like they were teenagers, and seeing them progress um, and moving up really well. Uh, within the ranks they're going to be a real force to be reckoned with next year and we shouldn't take them very lightly <laughs> yeah they got their whole team coming back too right yeah i think so well everyone's coming back right seniors can come back you got freshmen coming in what are your yeah. thoughts on on that rule and do you think that's gonna i don't know goof up the travel teams or just the squad numbers in general uh i think it, i think it could um but then again, I think it's also going to make people step up maybe in ways that they wouldn't have before. Um, like if, you know, I'm not going to name any names, um, but if some guy in a certain like stroke position uh, were to stay, maybe and unexpectedly stay, you know, that may get one of our freshman guys coming in um, to, you know, start working now as opposed to, you know, when they get to campus, uh, maybe when the team is a bit more spread out. It was really hard to make our travel team this year. Um, so, I mean, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when, uh, you know, I don't know which seniors are returning, but if they do, um, it's definitely going to be hard. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of cool for the sport of swimming to have this other carrot out there with the ISL is a hmm. reason to leave. Otherwise, you know, there's – there are very few elite swimmers who leave or forego years of eligibility. And for those, it's like some big name contracts. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now there's this other carrot and yeah, I don't know. There's, there's definitely a few names on your team that <laughs> certainly have some ISL future in them. Yeah. So I wonder how many GMs called, you get, you know, guys, seniors in the last night and sees. That's we heard from Coleman's short story last year, right? It'd be interesting. Yeah. Like any seniors um, roles? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I haven't talked to him about that, but uh, I'm sure there have been a couple. Yeah. Um, you know, we got some really talented boys, obviously, in that class. Um, so I know Durden's going to try his hardest to make a case for why, you know, it might be better for them to stay. But obviously, if, you know, certain guys um, see – you know, great opportunity in the ISL. I think Durden is obviously going to push them to do that and pursue their goals. Um, just like I would, you know, I would love to have every one of them back, but I know that there are more opportunities in the ISL and, you know, I want to see them do just as well uh, as anybody. So, you know, they're going to go out there and get their money. <laughs> do we think these GMs are going to be pushing the recruiting envelope and like, because there's got to be no regulation on contacting college swimmers. Like, are they? Do we think like Sandino and Lezak? Are they going to be like, all right, I'm going to start buttering or starting talking with these guys early on? I, I don't know. I could see. I, obviously, uh, there's not too much money in swimming, even the ISL. So I'm not like I said. I don't think it needs to be too tightly regulated. But I'm intrigued to know how much these GMs are going to start pushing the contact envelope. Especially uh, people that are seniors, you mean? Like no, seniors? I mean even like juniors and sophomores, and and Reese, cool. you know, but even people like Reese. Obviously, he's got ISL upside. You know, if Lezak is talking to him, I'm not sure the NCAA is kind of checking in on it um, to make sure it's being regulated. And obviously, you don't want to 
you know, put your eligibility on the line, but I don't know. Well, to clear my name, I have not talked to anyone. <laughs> all right, all right. There you go. Well, we are forming our own team, okay? It's called a social kick. We yeah, are we're recording right now. Yeah. The fastest yeah, kick as yeah. possible. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, the NCAA is always watching, so gotta yeah, gotta, exactly. be, gotta be careful. But uh, no, I think um, yeah, I think there's kind of two sides to it because you know if these NIL rules do get passed, um, you know that may be a reason for them to back off and kind of wait. Um, but you know if they if they don't, then um, in, and athletes are mad about that and really do see, um, you know, there be, being a greater um, value in, you know, skipping a year or two of college to go make money and support their families in the ISL. And, you know, I don't see why that's not a possibility um, because, you know, it gets harder and harder um, to kind of take advantage of opportunities nowadays. There are so many fast swimmers. Um, and obviously, you know, time goes by really fast and a lot of things can happen. So biting on opportunities become, you know, more important by the day. So you brought up, uh, NIL. So name is it image and, and likability and yeah. kind of what's going on. Some people don't know, um, through some of the court system for some of the college athletes to get paid off of those characteristics. Do we think swimmers are going to be getting anything even the top top end swimmers off of nil uh yeah i think so um you know there's a lot of guys who um i think are very marketable um i think someone like myself is pretty marketable um and i could definitely figure out ways uh, to maximize profitability for you know firms when it happens um, but even on a talent level, guys like Shane, um, you know, guys like Hoff, they're visible. Um, they're very visible in their, you know, in the swimming world, but then in smaller markets that, you know, companies may not even realize that they're tapped into. Um, so I think there's opportunity for everybody um, in all sports, and I hope everybody gets paid. <laughs> Definitely. All right. I got to bring up Hoff's uh, post me interviews. Um, he, he, we loved his interviews. They were the best. He just yeah. seemed so excited back there um, yeah. after all the wins. So uh, maybe what were your thoughts or do you guys hear the interviews or who, who do you like to hear being interviewed post race? Uh, well, I don't, I don't really pay attention to that stuff. I usually keep off of like ESPN, like when the meet starts and like, yeah. I definitely stay away from, uh, you know, the other websites um out there and that produce a little bit of a toxicity every now and then but uh i think i think hoff is probably one of the most positive individuals that i know um and definitely one of the closest like my closest like homies on the team i love seeing him uh seeing him do his thing um but uh i mean hoff's a winner um we've always known that uh, and I, he was really on display uh, this week. And I'm just so proud of, uh, you know, obviously everything that he's been through uh, the past year with, you know, the pandemic uh, and still coming out on top and everything that he's doing. Uh, you know, unbelievably proud of that guy. Uh, it, it, it showed and it showed how much he was enjoying it. Um, you know, Reese, when we first reached out to you, you wanted to just like chill and focus on the meets until after the meets. And then um, 
when we asked you after the meet just now, what, what was the takeaways? You just talked about Cal and the team and, and overall. And that, that's just kudos. That's kudos to your focus and your driving motivation. But we're going to take it back to you a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to take it to some of your swims. We all saw your swims. We were rooting for you big time. Um, Thank just, you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was awesome. And I, I love your raw display and emotions throughout, you know, from, from after, you know, talk us through some of your races. Um, you know, first of all, your best time in a 200 breaststroke, is it a 48.5 at Cal Stanford 2020? Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's, for those who are listening, that's the second fastest performance of all time be, be, um, behind on the, the record, right? Um, yeah. So, so talk us about this weekend, like the ups and downs, what was, the, what was great about the, this weekend? What, what's frankly sucked and uh, was, did you lose your contacts? Go ahead. Oh, um, no. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think that this meet was an accurate representation of the work that I've been doing uh, over the past year. Um, you know, I won't get into the nitty gritty, but I was like this summer was my best training summer ever. Um, you know, regardless of where it was, uh, because we weren't allowed at Cal, um, you know, I was getting it in um, and I had a lot of confidence going into the season for all three of my races. Um, and yeah, um, let's see, 2am up front wasn't very good is the best time, but, you know, I, I trained with, you know, the world's best IMers. Um, I shouldn't be 143 anymore. Um, but, you know, making slow steps and kind of figuring that out, um, has been fun. Um, you know, just training with those guys is fun. So. You know, five numbers on a board and a two IM and my third event aren't going to get me like really riled up or anything. Um, I guess that night had a four medley relay that was pretty close. Yeah. Um, again, like 50.5, like isn't very good. Um, but you know, I did what I needed to do. I had a solid back 50. It's my first time back in under 27 in a while. Um, so that was good. Took away that. Uh, Hard rest the next day. Um, obviously, like all of our work has kind of been focused on long course swimming, and my event this summer is probably going to be the long course two hundred breaststroke. Um, so to come down and try to, you know, get excited for a hundred yard swim has been tough for me this season. Um, you know, I just felt kind of forced, um, and I was just kind of racing to get my hand on the wall. And third place isn't bad. Um, you know, I just. It's not about times, really. It's just about scoring points. Um, and if I was doing that, you know, it's better to do that um, than focus on like a time. But uh, the 200 the next day, um, definitely the, the morning wasn't bad. Um, I feel like I was pretty controlled through and through. Mm -hmm. um, but then at night, I think I was just kind of in my head. Uh, I felt really bad <laughs> in warm up. I guess I can say that now that the meet's over. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I haven't swam a 200 on the last day of NCs in, you know, two years. Um, and I forgot what it took uh, to kind of pull that through and try to go, you know, 148, 147. Um, you know, that's, that's hard. And I knew that would be hard. You know, I didn't really. You know, even back when that 145.8 happened, or 148.5, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be gnarly. But uh, even when that happened, like, I wasn't, like, that excited because I knew that that's not, like, 
really legit, right? Like it's kind of a one and done type of thing. Um, you know, that's not representative of what it really takes to swim fast in a tube rest. Um, you know, it's about what you got on that last day at NCU's. Uh, and I definitely found out. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll uh, remember that pain uh, going into training uh, for this summer and uh, next year. <laughs> You mentioned this in the beginning, but what about being the man this time around for breaststroke, Cal? How did that change um, kind of your mentality for the meet? Um, just to put on um, for the boys, uh, we have a great breaststroke tradition at Cal, um, obviously led by, you know, North Thornton coaching our breaststrokers. Um, and then you got guys like Prino and Sally, obviously, but Connor Hoppy, Duganiak back in the day, like all those boys. Um, and it was cool to be in that position. We got some young breaststrokers right now uh, that are coming up, and we got some recruits coming in um, that definitely need to step up if this team wants to win. Uh, so I take pride in that and being the leader of that group right now. Um, I just wish I, you know, could have been a bit better of an example um, on the podium. But uh, they know I work hard, uh, and they know that we all push each other. So. When you go a best time at a dual meet, obviously that dual meet comes so late in the season that you're you're got to be close to peaking by that point anyway. So, um, but like for you as somebody who swims both hundred and two hundred, and then obviously to meet like NCs being stretched out to some of the fifty on the two medley, do you have kind of a sweet spot for taper where sometimes you're like more tapered for the 200 and sometimes more for the hundred. And how did you feel like, where were you positioned for this meet? Well, I think, you know, like I said, like the bulk of our work has been very long course focused. Um, you know, whether that comes in your, a yards practice or not. Um, so I can't say that, you know, this year we did a ton of power towers and a bunch of power work that was going to help me for, mm -hmm. you know, going a 22 and a 50 on, on a relay or, you know, another 50 point low in a hundred. Um, you know, I really want to be good at the 200 long course this summer. Um, and I definitely think this season, just the training that we've been doing has definitely been geared more towards the longer events, which is probably why my 200 was my best event this season. Um, but I don't think there's necessarily a sweet spot. I mean, speed is speed. Uh, and I'm not new uh, to like trying to balance both hundreds and two hundreds. Um, you know, I feel like I've been pretty even at both throughout my career. Mm -hmm. um, I think this year, that's just kind of the way things kind of shaped out. You have so many different ways in the 200 alone. Like in the, the, the prelims we saw, like that last fifth was different. You were like three, three, four, 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 then five, six stroke count, right? And mm -hmm. then and then in your finals, it was a whole different race. You're racing max. You're just like going for it. And it's like yeah. about the three, three, four, 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 four. You just went to race and went for it. But yeah. I'm being myself because I'm interested in the focus is long course. The focus is 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 uh you know uh, a, a long straight route turns. What what's your plan for long course? How do you want to swim that that two breast long course? Um, well, I won't, I won't give everything, um, <laughs> in case people are watching, but, uh, we spoke I think to Marco Cook and Marco told us what he's going to come back in. He didn't say what he was going to in, so we know. True. Um, well, I don't know what my splits are going to be, but I'm going to try to get down to a one five tempo as best as I can. Uh, plain and simple. That's, you know, stroke times stroke rate equals world record. Um, so if I can figure out, 
um, how to use my strengths and maintain a one five tempo. I think I'll be in a good position to go fast this summer. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll ask a follow-up. We'll try to get to some firmer stuff one way or another. So, yeah, uh, what ahead. do you think makes top two at the Olympic trials in the 200 breast for the U.S.? Uh, I think it's going to take it to a six high. Um, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of guys on that, that you know, who have been 207 before, mm-hmm. who have been 208, and who have been training for a very long time now. Um, so I think if you go – I think if you go 207-5, you don't make the team. So that's kind of the way I've been thinking about it, you know, ever since last summer. So when's the last time you were you were ready for 200 breaststroke long course? It means that you had trained for it, you rested for it, and you go up and race for it properly, you'd say. Um hmm. don't tell me junior I'm, four years ago. You you uh, said that, yeah? yeah. Um I think I mean, the 200, we were training for the 200 summer 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably the last time. I wouldn't say, I mean, there's there's so many things that I've picked up since then. It's almost right. hard yeah. to even, yeah. it's almost hard to like, like, yes, I did taper for that, but there's so many things that I wasn't doing in terms of recovery and in terms of what I'm thinking about when I'm swimming. That was almost like a, like I was almost like a different swimmer. Um, so I guess, you know, I haven't really figured out um, what I could go in a 200 long course um, with what I know now and with the approach that I take to training now. So I'm excited to see what we got. How often are you going to get a chance to race it to, to, between now and wave one? So we've, um, I mean, we've done a number of suited efforts um, in long course. Um, I think we might have done a 200 um, back in uh, back in the fall. Maybe I don't remember exactly what it was. We've done like a bunch of broken efforts, um, and I've again had some good swims uh, that I'm excited about, um, and that definitely suggests that yes, I could go best time this summer um, and put myself in the hunt. So. Man, that 200 breaststroke has really been one of the standout events at trials where yeah, <laughs> like, don't bet on whatever you picked on paper. I'll just say yeah. that. Yeah. Scott in 08, Welts in 12. I mean, you had like Burkle and Scott Spann and um, yeah. you know, some people that you thought might make it and then some others, I don't know. And like there's – that's a deep final. It's going to be a hard final to get in, first of all, but mm-hmm. – uh, but it's going to be one of those finals where I feel like just about anything could happen. And I agree. Just pick your pick your shot. But if you show up and go 206, then you're damn well going to give yourself a chance of making the team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are young guys. There are older guys. There are guys <laughs> right in the middle like myself. Um, and, yeah, there are definitely going to be more than eight guys that deserve to be in that final. Um, but – you know, it's about who has the the first good one on that morning, and then comes back and backs it up, and then whoever gets the best sleep uh, after semis going into that next day. So, <laughs> and and not just on the U.S. scene, but even the world scene. There's so many guys around yeah. that world record cut. We've talked to a few guys that think there might be a big jump on that record. Do you think we're going to see a jump on that record this year? Like a I don't know, two or four, something nuts like that. Uh. 
I'm uh, I mean, 204 is, <laughs> I mean, 204 is nuts. Yeah, that's like, I mean, Let's skipping. Look time. I mean, come on. Well, yeah. this guy said it. This guy said I'm one of you. That guy said it. He said it, that there's a big jump coming, because how can you go a 50, what, six and 100, and you're still going two or sixes? Why are people slowing down so much that last 100? He won his bronze medal because he is the one who slowed down the least and end up mm -hmm. coming third. So why are people slowing down so much? Why is there such a dis dis disparity between 100 and 200? And Sergio Lopez talked about it big time. Hey, is that the future head coach of Texas? Is that who you just showed? <laughs> 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 no, I, don't know. I don't know. No, we'll that. Okay, no worries. Listen, Guys, I'm, I'm going to apply. Okay, <laughs> all the brushstroke talk. If you just did freestyle the last fifty, you'd go way faster. <laughs> True. Think smarter, not harder. There you go. Hey, hey I want to talk about. I want to talk about being six foot eight and a breaststroker. First of all, you had Demir, who I remember watching, and that guy just, God, it like. It just didn't look right because usually you see people and go, okay, uh, taller bodies are backstrokers and freestylers, uh, long axis stuff. And then a lot of times your shorter bodies are short axis strokes. So it's kind of an anomaly. You're not the first 6'8 guy. To, I don't know how tall he was. I think he was 6'8 um, to swim breaststroke at Cal. But then, like, we just watched Emery Sachi tear up uh, the 50 breaststroke, especially in the ISL. So like, but I mean, totally different approaches and you focusing on the 200. It's like, I'm wondering what you're thinking about uh, other tall men who have swum breaststroke and stroke mechanics. Uh, do you ever think about that and look to emulate things or learn things specifically guys who are taller and like bigger bodies like you are? Uh, no, I, I don't really watch anybody else. I feel like that's almost like in a stroke like breaststroke and with a different body than other guys. I mean, yeah, like with me, uh, I'm more like six, nine, six, ten now. Uh, I don't know. I think six, eight, it's a little outdated. Uh, <laughs> but, we got uh, we're, we're swimming with, around on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but with guys like uh, Sachi and, you know, there's so many different body types. I don't really think it's, important to look at others almost like it not at not at this point in my game and in my career you know i need to lock in on myself uh and figure out what i'm gonna do yes that means you know can you look at somebody's 200 and maybe see a little bit of a different core connection and learn try to learn what that feels like uh, in your own body but in terms of like analyzing other, like i'm not really looking at other people's strokes um i'm just trying to figure out what's going to work for me because um you know i'm not going to be able to swim like pd you know i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to lift for a couple more years uh <laughs> if i want to be 610 and move like he does you know i think my body i would probably have to be like 320 almost <laughs> of just pure muscle uh if i want to move at that stroke rate and like he does um, well, so that's not that's not gonna work <laughs> yeah, you know, we better have you hitting some more bench press. I think that's for sure. Yeah, that's gonna be a big yeah. breaststroker through moving through the water. Yeah, so, I don't know if Jordan's gonna let me do that. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Well, you mentioned you know connecting your arms and your legs, trying to focus on your own technique and and just your own style. 
What are some ways you go about it? Are you one that does a lot of, you know, watching yourself underwater? Is it more specific drills that get you dialed in or just kind of general feel for the water? Yeah, uh, it's a number of things. I definitely try to activate certain parts of my core um, that I know, um, you know, when I'm swimming fast, like when that 148.5 happened, like I knew it was going to happen because I, I woke up that morning. I knew what needed to feel where um and by the time i finished you know my dry land warm-up and my core activation and by the time i did you know my pace 50 before the race i was like all right like this is gonna be a good one um so i try to focus on like lower ab engagement and then i'll do some 25s where i um you know hold my kickboard out ahead of me and i'll have my uh, snorkel in and i'll just try to keep my hips high as much as possible um for maybe 425s just chill i'll have durden watch me uh and then i'll try to keep my hips in the same position um moving through a stroke um and if i know if dave gives me like the you know the head nod uh, and walks off you know i, I know i'm in a good spot <laughs> <laughs> well since you brought it up do you like to do any social kicking with the kickboard of course of course, we do a lot of social. We we when we get uh, our two hundred long course uh, social kicks in, yeah, that's when you know it's going to be a good practice. <laughs> right, one day we'll have the social kick. See if you can keep up with Luke and I going. Uh, what would you we go on a two hundred long course social kick? Twelve minutes. God, these guys kick so slow. <laughs> when we're talking and I doing IG live, no, I, I always kick slow. Whether I'm we're like, talking or not, kickers. In, in the 70 to 75 age group, but anyway. Nobody's <laughs> got time for that. <laughs> so, okay, so what do you think about your prospects for the ISL? Um, if, you, if there was a draft, which there's still no draft, right? So yeah. if there's a draft. There's a draft happening, May, June. There is going to be a draft. Okay, so by the time that you come around to the draft, what do you think your draft position is? And give give your give your sales pitch as if it was like a job interview for why you should get drafted. <laughs> um, well, I, I definitely think I bring personality to the team first and more foremost. Um, you know, I love working on teams and developing culture within groups. Um, so I think you're going to get a guy there. I think you're going to get a guy who cares more about his team uh, first. You're going to get a team first kind of guy. Um, but then, you know, obviously I can swim a 200 pretty well. Uh, and I think, um, you know, my 150 have a lot of work to be done, but at the same time, I, I feel like I'm just growing into my body. You know, I've been this, I've been growing for so long and I've been tall for so long that I haven't really had like a moment to develop any kind of man strength. I mean, you look at guys like Nathan um, and Grievers who are so good at, you know, age 30 and stuff like that. It's because they've taken the time to develop their bodies. Um, and it probably took Grievers and Nathan, you know, a little bit longer to grow into their frame. Um, so I think there's still a lot of upside uh, in my swimming and, you know, not just upside in the breaststrokes, but in all strokes. So, yeah. That's my pitch. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Two follow-up questions. Yeah. So with the ISL, you know, format, you don't have to name all of them. You can if you want. How many events do you think you could be competitive in? 
And how would you do in the skin? You don't get jackpotted. Yeah, you don't get jackpotted. Yeah, that's a good caption. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I think um, you know, depend. I mean, depending on when I come out, um, it would be like, you know, I'm not gonna you know let somebody destroy me, and it's who I am. Like, even though it is my third event, I do train with like some pretty good guys. Um, so that's that can come around. Uh, I love swimming 100 IM. If nobody else wants to do it, I'll get in there and put up a pretty good performance in that too. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the skins would definitely benefit me more than others uh, just because I do go up to the 200. Um, and I think, you know, if any of the endurance suited sets that we did in the fall have any indicators of uh, what I could do in the skins, I think I'll be in a good spot too. <laughs> I, um, I was going to ask you, do you know short course meters times, but I'm not going to put you in that place. Like, yeah, I don't I, think, I don't uh, think uh, selling you what a 152 to IM was, but it's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't do too much uh, short course meters work. Um, I think we did a little bit um like right before the first season of isl for the for those guys to get ready but i don't think we've done it since then i think uh just getting in and racing is yeah, yeah. like the best part about being an american and swimming in the isl so <laughs> talk to me what's going on right now with cal so so you just got back i'm assuming day two right to two ago what are you guys doing and what how you're ramping up who's training with you um you know what's the environment like what's the schedule for the next 10 weeks i want to say yeah um well we've been in well covid restrictions are still a thing in california i don't know if about many other states <laughs> um, yeah. so we've we've had to limit uh the amount of people that we have in our practice cohorts this entire season um mm. you know i i didn't I can't say I've seen Hoff practice once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this entire season. Yeah. Uh, that, so just to give and you like, a quickly has never seen Hoff practice yet. He went three into the championship. Done. Out <laughs> of context, done. <laughs> yeah. We uh, yeah, we have a sprint driven cohort um, and a mid D and distance driven cohort um, that we didn't get to practice together until maybe like a loosen before NCAAs. And then by the time our group was um, like after Pac-12s when we had 16 guys that could then practice together, that's the only time where I kind of saw like Bjorn and Hoff and Nate like do their thing. Um, so I've been training wow. with the mid-D guys um, for the most part, uh, like, you know, Murph, Selly, Zhang Kwa, you know, Daniel Carr, DC, uh, Trent Julian will come down. He's primarily in like the upper end of the mid D group, um, but he'll come down and we'll meet on the uh, like long course stroke sets and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of his schedule, I mean, we just got back in today, uh, so didn't uh, didn't want to take much time off, especially after the way NC NCs went. Um, you know, we didn't feel like we deserved like a you know three day break. Um, you know, no matter how good our meat was uh, or how bad it went, um, you know, we were going to get back in. Uh, so the majority of us were back in today and we got mission in two weeks. Um, so that should be good. Maybe you weren't watching uh, with the team or maybe you're in the warm down pool. I don't even know what the 
setup allowance was at NC's, but what was the team vibe during that Julian 500? Uh, let's see. T just, I mean, there's, that seems like a year ago now. Um, <laughs> T just 500. I was, I must've been watching from the, uh, the deck getting ready for 2 a.m. Yeah. And I mean, we had a lot of guys swimming that night, so we were kind of spread out. Um, yeah. but I, could see Chase going absolutely insane on the side of the pool. Um, and by the time I was, oh, I guess I would have been the next race. So I was right there yeah. uh, on the pool deck, you know, five free championship final to I am console. Yeah. Um, I was so excited. I mean, that kid works harder <laughs> than the vast majority of people uh that i've seen in the sport um so you know he he went out like a dog uh like the dog that he is and you know those those other dudes caught up to him but you know it takes real guts to go out and what was he flipped in like 136 or something like that you had guys finishing in what did he go 23-2 or 23-6 to anchor smith smith kieran yeah yeah that was a wild race, that's for sure. Yeah, that was that was definitely a fun one to watch. Um, I actually didn't get to watch two back. I was trying to, um, you know, take deep breaths <laughs> and relax. <laughs> and I was, I think, I was putting my suit on. Um, and there's a microphone in the in the locker room, so I was just kind of like sitting wide eyed, listening to the the play by play. And I got a chance to watch it after the meet. Um, but you know, Dustin Lasco is another guy that I'm just so proud of. Uh, who came in from the jump um, and has just worked yeah. so hard, uh, clearly, and you know went and dropped five seconds uh, in a 200 backstroke and a 200 IM. So, <laughs> if there's, I'm gonna laugh if there's a 134 next year in the 200 backstroke, it's gonna happen at some point, right? Yeah, it's gonna happen. I think, I think it's gonna happen pretty soon. <laughs> that is, that is unreal. Well, so tell me about the deck dynamics, like um, having to, you know, be a limited number of swimmers that can be there and no family in the stands or fans, but like all the teams up there. What what was that whole thing like? And was it weird? Uh, yes, very weird. Um, you know, not being allowed to sit on deck uh, is definitely a bit harder than I remember it being. Um you know, I don't. I actually don't know if I've ever had to do that uh, before. So it was definitely, it was definitely hard. Um, just like trying to figure out what you wanted to take, you know, on what you're allowed to take on the pool deck and when, um, and kind of moving through that and making sure you had your clothes with you and your recovery and your suits, kind of all in one thing, and li- literally like living out of a little drawstring backpack from the time you get to the pool to the time you race. Um, well, can and, you talk us through? Can you talk us through that protocol? Like, what what was it? What 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 was required that was different about this meet than other meets? Because trials yeah. might be something like this as well. They're gonna copy. True. It worked, right? So let's talk about it. Yeah. Um. So they gave us like all little drawstring backpacks that I were guess were they were the only things allowed like on the pool deck, uh, besides like your equipment and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um. So you had to put like your specific Powerade water bottle, like in there, uh, you had to have your deck pass with you at all times. Um, you know, towels, the clothes that you wanted to swim with, um, cause you, you're not going to walk back up into the stands and ruin your legs like right before a race. 
Uh, so you literally had to move like everything with you. Um, and then the ready room was on the other side of the pool. Um, yeah, they made, they, they had a lot of people there making sure that you had your masks on. So there were people who by the end of the meet, like were kind of, uh, ticked off, uh, you know, you're, you're racing, uh, very hard, obviously. And then, you know, you walk two feet, um, you know, beyond the box and somebody's already reminding you to put your mask on. It's like, yes, I know I've done this a lot <laughs> over the past year. Like I know, I know you're doing your job. Uh, and trying to keep us safe. But uh, yeah, that was another aspect that was interesting too. Um, definitely a weird situation, but you know, everybody's dealing with it. So, you know, there's no excuse. I mean, everybody's on the same playing field. But California was, like you said, on a little more restricted level, right? Let's be honest. We're all in California. We'll get California bias going. Um, yeah. I know through the Stanford summers I talked to, they had to move like their places three times just to kind of – Keep. I don't, I don't even know the rationale behind it, but they had moved multiple times. We had restrictions with pool space and water space. Do you think the California teams are at more of a disadvantage this year at NCs? Uh, I think I, I wouldn't say disadvantage. Um, like once you get there, you get there, you know. But yeah, yes. so there are certain things that the California teams had to overcome that others didn't. Uh, yeah, um, there definitely were. We had um, smoke as well. Don't forget the fires. There was about two weeks where you can <laughs> Nathan actually evaded smoke and came all the way down to the South Bay to train at the Los Gatos pool for a second. It was so mm -hmm. bad at one point. Yeah, um, all that stuff that kind of comes with being uh, in a state that's in a, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of different things going on in California. Um, but uh, I don't, I definitely don't regret going through any of those. I think it just kind of forces you to adapt to new situations. And I think when we do get back to a normal space, I think it'll be more enjoyable for the California teams to kind of go back and say, hey, like we can go in our locker rooms now. You, you know, I haven't seen my locker room in, uh, you know, a year and what, two weeks now? <laughs> so, um, you know, coming in and trying to deck change your way to a fast two breast, um, you know, for dual meets and stuff like that was definitely interesting i would never um, see your face doing that that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't make uh those 40 degree uh fall practices any easier um you know you, you if you practice in the bay area at morning practice you know how cold it can get <laughs> we're not allowed a deck change on deck at the pool we swim at now we have to do it in the car park so you have all these guys in the car park deck changing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was, I mean, yeah, no showers to warm up with. Uh, you know, it's raining. We're out there. Our clothes are soaked. Um, so that was, that, was, that was fun to lean into that um, and kind of say, you know what? Like, we don't care what anybody's going to throw at us. We're just going to, you know, give it our all and do the best that we can. Um, and I feel like we did that from start to finish this season. So I'm just really proud of our boys. You know, John and I were talking about women's NCs and the rise of the ACC, and 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 mm -hmm. just see and just see what those two teams did at ACC. And I was wondering, I'm not saying this, I was wondering if there's anything had to do with the the different state politics that led. But then again, Brian, you know, the SEC didn't perform as well, and they were under similar politics and 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 restrictions as the other ACC. So is it interesting if COVID affected performances or not? And it was off year. I mean, men's NCs, no no records. Well, one guy came like point zero two close, and Smith came close again. But it wasn't an overall fast meet, was it? I mean, so. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, there's a whole lot. I think, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's primarily mental. Yeah. Um, like we're still all students at the end of the day. Uh, and I can definitely tell you being on a computer screen, like eight hours a day trying to go to school, but then still like get up and try to go to practice that, you know, it does get monotonous when, you know, you are doing like the same thing every day, like computer for eight hours, pool for four hours, you know, it's, it's hard on the mentals for sure. Um, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily surprised that this meet was slower than, you know, what it might've been had there not been a pandemic. Um, but you know, there's, yeah, I mean, there's just so much that, you know, student athletes have had to go through this year. So I think everybody who competed at that meet should be proud that they, you know, just got through it. Um, and, you know, if you want a best time, congratulations. You know, if you didn't, then, you know, it's not the end of the world. So <laughs> I was going to say, talk about mental. I mean, so the big news of the week in swimming, besides the championship by Texas, is also Eddie Reese um, and his retirement um, after 43 seasons and 15 championships and how many second place finishes. And I do wonder, by the way, just thinking about it, if Texas knew about this during the meets and that helped motivate to give Eddie one last one, you know, it, that's interesting from the mental side. But, you know, Texas is your big competitor for the last decade. That's all talk about, the, you know, a program like that and a man who can, can who can continue patrician. And he's coached some of the greatest breaststrokers of all time, you know. So, I mean, any thoughts or reflections on Eddie Reese and his dominance for any quirky stories and stuff we want to talk about? I have zero interaction, but you guys all do. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Eddie's simply one of the greatest, you know, to ever coach in all of sports. Um, you know, I think doesn't matter if it's basketball, swimming. I mean, he is the prime example of somebody who has cultivated a winning culture. Um, and I know that, you know, even though he did retire, um, you know, he's still going to be around there, uh, still pushing those guys um, and his legacy will um, continue at Texas forever, but it'll last on the sport forever too, because, you know, he's touched so many people in so many great ways. Um, and, you know, I haven't gotten to know Eddie personally, um, over the years. Uh, you know, he's kind of in his zone on the pool deck, so I don't really get a chance to speak to him that much when we're on the deck. Uh, but he is just, he's just an infectious soul who makes, people swim their absolute best um and develops great men uh over at texas so uh congratulations to eddie on a, a great career man that's really well said i think you know as you guys know uh because we one of the early podcast guests we had was a buddy of mine my high school best friend uh, wade kelly who uh, ended up swimming at texas and and doing well there um yeah Eddie didn't uh, recruit me actually because um, I wasn't really good enough in high school and they were capping the number of people that they were recruiting, but like, I really wanted to swim there. I wanted, I wanted at least to have a shot. And, um, you know, I, so I got to see Texas through the lens of, uh, through the lens of a friend of mine. And it was, I think you said it really well, um, Reese, that they're, he's a developer of men um, and a, and a, and a soul that um, it just, it connects with people. We talked with Sergio Lopez, oddly enough, John mentioning, joking that he might be the next coach um, about there's certain, there's certain personalities, certain people that have such charisma. That's, 
there's like a magnetism to them. Yeah. And once you kind of get within, uh, you know, once within ear range, you kind of don't want to walk away. And, you know, Durton has this characteristic too, where yeah, he can, he does. <laughs> there's something about people like that, that can connect with, with everybody and share stories and, you know, make you feel like, you know, so cared for, but also challenged in a unique way. And I think Eddie, although I don't know him well, is one of the, one of the few, I think coaches of this era that I didn't have a chance to interact with much, but seeing it through the lens of other people, he's clearly somebody who's, um, you know, has, has that and, and maybe is sort of the OG. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, the other thing that stands out to me uh, about Eddie in particular is he stuck to his teachings of freestyle technique, huh. where all of Eddie's freestylers swam with their head uh, looking forward some. So it's the high elbow. It's the head forward where they're they're kind of looking, you know, here mm. and that the rest of the world, you know, Mike Bottom, Dave Marsh, everybody was kind of moving the other direction and Durden, too. Uh, where you know the crown of the head is where you're cutting the water and it's a shoulder driven freestyle and mm-hmm. so I always found it fascinating that you still had really great success with both schools of thought and yet as times changed Eddie stuck to it and then continued to develop really elite athletes um, I don't I don't know I can't think of another example I'm sure there there may be but that's one that stands out to me with him he's like a pioneer and yet, you know, uh, stuck to his guns too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I remember talking with Eddie, and he was it was at a conference, and we were talking about USRPT because Rushall was there, and he's and he was telling me he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna start implementing these underwater twenty five repeats fly. What happened that year? They had six guys in the top eight in the hundred fly at NCs. So, like you said, Brian, it's it's interesting how he's able to take some. But, but keep other aspects of his philosophy and obviously create tons of great swimmers. Um, I mean, one thing that I keep thinking while we're talking about this, though, is is Dave, Dave Durden. And, you know, if anyone is kind of the, the championships, the, the, the great swimmers, it's Dave. Are we going to be having a similar talk in 20, 30 years about Dave at Cal? Uh, I think I think so. Um, yeah. You know, Durden, um, Durden has carried the tradition of excellence at Cal that obviously started with North Thornton um, better than I think anybody could have. Um, you know, he took everything great about, you know, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s of Cal swimming, um, you know, and brought them and developed them in his own way uh, to establish kind of the Durden era. Um, that I'm, you know, so glad to be a part of, and it's in its early stage. Um, and yeah, I think the winning tradition of of Cal uh, will will last for a pretty long time, as long as Durden's around, because he is uh, he's pretty competitive, um, and you know he is a mastermind. So you know, with whatever roster he can put together, um, you pretty much know that roster is going to be vying for a national title. Uh, by the end of the season so brian you came from quite a, a legacy program yourself uh, and i was wondering how do these programs continue to legacy for 30 years is it is it consistency of coaching recruiting is it the role of alumni 
Is it is it seniors? You know, like like what does it have? What happens? I know definitely, Cal. You definitely have a lot of alumni coming on deck, giving back. You have consistency. What keeps these programs going at the, at the top of the game for thirty years? It's I don't know. I think it's really hard to underestimate the stability of the kind of centerpiece of the coaching staff. I mean, truly, I, I don't know if yes. Yes, there are examples of, of big name schools like, uh, you know, Florida, for example, has had success for, for a long period of time. Texas has, but most of it's been Eddie's era. Indiana was good in, in an era and they finally came back, but there was kind of a stretch in between USC, a long legacy, Michigan. In a lot of those cases, you have, uh, in a lot of them, you've got a coach that was pretty long tenured uh, or maybe two that were really long tenured. And I think that that piece is super important. Um, and then they develop this coaching tree that attracts, um, you know, assistant coaches who want to come be a part of it. And because they know that it's a gateway to other, other big schools. So um, I, I don't know. I, I really, I, I think that especially in the sport of swimming and what we've seen throughout swimming history, and I'm focused, yes, on the U S without international examples, but um but yeah, that, that centerpiece is super important. So not to say that it can't be replicated with, you know, um, successors to somebody like Durden, but, uh, you know, he started there pretty young. And so you're right. I do. I think you're right. Reese It's like, we're still in the middle of the Durden era, even though yeah. I want him to go back and coach Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to Texas. He was listed on the SummerSlam article. Oh yeah. I believe everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, but, but Brian, you're right, because Nort would still show up on deck often. I mean, I think Nort was on deck up a couple of years ago. He's not doing quite well right now, guys. So that's that's prayers and love to Nort. But he's um he would be around deck forever, way after he retired, way after he co-coached with Mike and then came with Dave. So there's that stability big time. And and the alumni truly love it. I mean, you have how many swimmers on your team right now? Swam, the dad swam for Cal. You know what I mean? Paul Arverson, Matt Biondi, both their kids swim with you right now. I mean, that, I mean, uh, we see a little bit of Borges in, in Michigan, but they are truly invested in the, in, in the, in modern family. It's the, it's, it's the lifestyle, right? We can ask Rowdy how many parents and siblings are on different teams. He had, he had it all down on the coverage. Yeah. Louisville guy. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right. Well, Reese, we're going to end it with a few rapid fire questions. For sure. And I want some Reese faces okay <laughs> you have the best faces on that <laughs> i want pure honest like call bull on us or laugh or whatever you want well that so, so i'm i'm sure you're referring to that post freelance two breasts i was actually oh, no, what was that again i was stoked no i was i was actually stoked about hugo getting in because hugo like i saw hugo's time on the board and i was like okay like yeah like he he, you know, obviously didn't have what he wanted in the 4 a.m. in the morning, and he showed up. Um, and we needed to, we needed him to get the A final, and, and he did. So. <laughs> no, well, we need more reactions like what you guys said, you, Daniel, or Alpha, your medley when you guys lost that race. It, it, you, we need to see, like, <laughs> you work so hard for this. So when you lose, it sucks. When you win, yeah. it's amazing. And 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 you need to realize what that goes into. And I'm glad the camera stuck in you because sport is that. It was agonizing, and you need to be real and and let people know that stuff. So I mean, kudos to you. And what's the hardest race in swimming? Uh, long course, where I am. 
Olympic gold world record or ISL MVP? Olympic gold. If you could start an ISL team, what would you call it? <laughs> um, the Philly Freedom. I guess it's kind of like Philly, and that's very like I don't know. It might already be a team in Philly. I feel like I don't know. <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like an MLS team. I got yeah. one. What? Reese's Pieces. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> that would be good, though. I wonder what the couch would look like, and if we'd get sponsored. If we got sponsored by Reese's Pieces, that'd be pretty nice. And what would you be? Would you affiliate? I guess you'd affiliate with Reese's Pieces then, because ISL has the issue with City, State, or Oil yeah. Company um, yeah. that you affiliate with. <laughs> True. Man, I don't think that would pass your nutritionist. Uh, if you, uh, so you all watch the ISL was, was Shimanovic cheating? Oh man. Oh, rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I honestly didn't watch that much. I just kind of watched PD's wow. reaction, but, uh, I'm, uh, let's just say I'm team Adam. Uh, I love that guy. Get a bro, so. <laughs> oh, you got you to you help a brother with his start then. Um, <laughs> hey, he might be tempo, but not off the block. Hey, uh, so, well, you mentioned man strength. At what age do swimmers develop man strength? Um, probably, I mean, I'm assuming 23, 24. I mean, uh, Sally definitely didn't look like he did, <laughs> um, you know, in college right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> Murphy, um, so <laughs> we'll see. I don't think they're old enough for man strength yet. Oh, uh, you don't Luke, think? Luke's still trying to find it, and he's old. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, uh, all right, so we got to settle a dispute though, because after watching this week, I'm not sure that we've got the right verdict. But Shields told us on this show that he is the fastest underwater kicker to 15 in the world, but. I'm not so sure that Hoff isn't, especially kicking on his side. So even though you didn't watch him practice, who's <laughs> to 15 underwater, Shields or Hoff? Oh, man. Or Murphy? Uh, they're all, all three are incredible um, at what they do. You want I'm me to get one? I, I, uh, I'm, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back my boy Hoff here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He looked good. He looked good, man. He looked he looked insane this week. Um I I okay. So Tom Tom definitely kicks hundreds underwater faster than anybody else. Uh-huh. Like I've seen that guy do some pretty disgusting things on like hundreds, only breathing at the turn ends and stuff like that, where it's just like, uh-huh. oh dude, like that is that is crazy. And then Murph too. Um, you know, you watch Murphs on the two back in practice and you're like, okay, like that's why he is the best in the world um, is because of, you know, his, his just pure strength um, off the blocks and carrying that, you know, momentum uh, from his start and building that throughout the race. So. I love it. Reese, thanks for hanging out with us. It's fun. We're going to, we're going to look forward to watching you train for that two breast and yeah. rock the world at trials. Enjoy. <laughs> I will. Thanks. All right, buddy. That's it for this episode of Social Kick Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, 
Tell your friends about it, and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Social Kick Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website at thesocialkick.com. <laughs>